1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bass. Today is National League second half preview day. We're gonna go division by division. Looking ahead at the second half, I'm gonna give you the top three players that I'm excited to watch in the second half. And I'm gonna be joined by Rowan Kavner and Pedro Mora of Fox Sports MLB Writers. And we're going to talk about who's going to be in and who's going to be out of the playoffs. This is going to be a fun episode. Let's get to it now. NL second half preview. Let's go.
2: It's a blowout. It 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits on
0: He swings, and it's a high-fly ball. Deep center field. It
1: is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. You know what? The American League second half preview yesterday was so much fun that we decided to do it all again. And we're going to do the National League. And not because it was planned ahead of time. It was because it was fun yesterday. And we're going to have some more fun today. National League preview. I'm rocking my Albert Pujols shirt. Welcome home with Pujols on it because I just saw him at the All-Star game. And it was really cool. And a moment that I will never forget a moment that lives in my brain and will forever was when I was at Chipper Jones's final all-star game and the ovation he got. And I know for a fact this will be the same when I'm old and wrinkly and 88 years old. I'm going to be looking back saying I was at Albert Pujols' last all-star game, and that's going to be pretty cool. So. Let's look ahead at the second half in the National League. And when I, look at, when I look at National League preview second half, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Braves-Mets. It's the Braves and the Mets. And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start in the NL East. And man, oh man, are we in for a doozy. The New York Mets, who had a 10-and-a-half game lead over the Atlanta Braves at the beginning of June now have a a two-and-a-half game lead over the Atlanta Braves. Honestly, not because of anything the Mets did wrong, but because of everything the Atlanta Braves did right. That's how good the Braves were. Since the beginning of June, the Braves have been the best team in baseball. They've been remarkable. They came into the break hot, they went through June hot, and they are into July hot as well. So we're we're in for quite the matchup here. These two teams still have 7 more games against each other 12 sorry 12 more games against each other 7 in Atlanta 5 in New York this is going to be a remarkable stretch run you know if if you love baseball if you love rivalries there's nothing better than this Braves and Mets battling for the division the the Mets went out and paid everybody to to become a good team Steve Cohen shelled out a billion dollars to get The Max Scherzers of the world, the Starling Marte, all-stars of the world, the Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, um, you know, Chris Bassett. The names go on there. The Mets are really good and not like really good like in years past when we think, okay, the Mets have like potential to be really good. And then they come out of the gates hot and everybody's like, oh, the Mets are so good. And then they come crumbling down. This is a different team. This is a Mets team. That is very, very good. So when I look ahead at the second half in the NL East, I see the Braves, who I have in the World Series. My my preseason prediction was the Braves winning the National League. And then there's the Mets, who appear to be hanging on by a thread there in the NL East now. I think the Mets pull this out. I do. In the second half... I look for the New York Mets to hold on and to win the division. I really do believe that. And and why? Well, let's look at three reasons. I have three reasons why the New York Mets will win the National League East. First up, Jacob Bagram. Jacob Bagram, who hasn't pitched this year, is the best pitcher on planet Earth. When he's healthy, when he's out there, there's nobody better. And that's rare in sports because there's not often you can point to somebody in a sport and say, he is the best on the planet at what he does. And there's no other argument. For a while there, I feel like LeBron in the NBA was in that argument. But now, you know, now you can't even say that. There's there's other guys. and, And you can't often say it is my point. DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. Clear cut and simple. Now, DeGrom is back rehabbing. He's already on his rehab starts. He's he's had one in, in St. Lucie. He's now in AAA with his rehab starts. I mean, things are, things are pretty good. Things are looking good for DeGrom being back. He's out there throwing over 100 miles an hour already in his rehab stints. He should be back. He should be back soon, and the Mets will have the best one-two punch in baseball. And I don't think that's an extreme thing to say. You know, I I do believe that is the best one-two punch in baseball. Jacob deGrom, who is the best pitcher on planet Earth, and Max Scherzer, who is, is really good at what he does as well. That's reason number one, deGrom coming back. Reason number two, the offense. The Mets offense is underrated. For the last couple of years, let's look at last year as an example. Last year, the Mets offense was Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. And guess what? Lindor wasn't good. And Alonzo wasn't good enough to pick up the slack of the rest of the offense. I like a lot what this Mets team was able to do in the offseason. Like I I just listed some names, but they go out in the outfield and add Starling Marte and Mark Canna, who have both been really good this year. Marte's an all-star, and Canna had stretches where he was really good. They add Eduardo Escobar, who switch hitter, can be good. hasn't been hasn't played up to his potential this year, but I think he's better. Jeff McNeil in the infield, All Star. He's finally healthy and playing up to the potential that we've seen from from him before. Pete Alonso, who leads all of baseball in RBIs. This team's really good. This team's a lot of fun to watch. It's different than in years past, and I've said it and I will say it again: the Mets aren't gonna met. The only way the Braves catch the Mets in the in the, in the the division standings is when they played better than anybody else in all of baseball. And they caught up to them, and they didn't even really, they didn't even catch them. They just got a little bit closer. Well, they got a lot closer. But uh, it's not for anything that the Mets did wrong. I like them a lot. This Mets team is really good. Their offense ranks fifth in Major League Baseball in runs per game. You talk about the Mets pitching staff that has DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. That's what everybody was talking about. Well, guess what? At some point this year, they didn't have them. They didn't have those guys. They didn't have two of the three. They didn't have one of the three for a while. You know, they haven't had an easy route here, and they still sit at the all-star break with a a two-and-a-half game lead over the Atlanta Braves. So their offense, their revamped offense, is another reason that I believe in them because they're all capable of picking each other up. Last year, if if Lindor doesn't play well, the offense isn't going to do well. If Alonzo isn't good, the offense isn't going to do well. Well, guess what? This year, if Lindor's not good, Marte can pick him up. If Alonzo's not good, McNeil's picking them up. If all of them, you know, if all of them aren't good, the dominant pitching staff is picking it up. This Mets team is different and they are capable of holding on to the division. And not only is it because of the pitching, it's because of their revamped offense. My third and final reason for you. And this is a big one. And this has nothing to do with the Mets on the field. The reason I believe in the Mets and why I think they can pull it out in the second half is because of their strength of schedule. Man, oh man, is it easy. They have the 23rd toughest remaining schedule. So of the 30 teams, they have the seventh easiest schedule remaining. Now, if you go and look at this, start in September. From September 1st through the end of the season, which goes a week into October, it is comically easy. Games just riddled with the Washington Nationals, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's, the Chicago Cubs. There's a series with the Atlanta Braves in there, which is going to be huge. That's at the end of the year, too. I mean, that series is going to be huge. And then they finish with a set against the Washington Nationals. Coming down the stretch, and now look, this is the second half. They have the seventh easiest schedule in all of baseball in the second half. We didn't do this research. Our research team is amazing here, and I didn't ask this question, but I guarantee if you look at September 1st on, there's nobody with an easier schedule than them. That is my belief, and I am holding to that. So that is that is the final reason of which I believe the Mets are going to win the division. Jacob deGrom comes back. Their revamped offense is much better, and their strength of schedule is very much so in their favor. The Atlanta Braves, in contrast, they have the 14th toughest remaining schedule. So kind of middle of the pack, but not near as easy as the Mets. I got the Mets in the second half, pulling it out in an upset. Moving on to the Central. The Central's two teams here. It's the Brewers, it's the Cardinals. I got the Brewers here in the second half. Their, their rotation is too good for me. Uh, the, the, Cardinals, the Cardinals have some issues. Pitching, offensively outside of Arenado, Goldschmidt, and one of the biggest all-star snubs that many people aren't talking about, Tommy Edman. They have their issues there. They're the better offensive team, no doubt. But pitching, they can't compare to what the Milwaukee Brewers have. I am betting on, if I were a betting man, I'm betting on the rotation of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddy Peralta, who is ahead of schedule to come back, who is coming back much sooner than later. I'm betting on those guys. The Cardinals have serious issues in their rotation. I don't know what's going on with Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty was one of the brightest young stars in the game of baseball when he's come up, and he has just not been able to pitch through injuries and it is so frustrating for a fan of the game I'm sure it is frustrating for him Um, I love watching him pitch I faced him in the minor leagues many times and I knew how good he is I knew how good he he was then and I know how good he is right now he's a good pitcher but this Cardinals rotation struggles without him, him being himself now you're counting on an Adam Wainwright who is you know older in this group into his 40s and we're counting on him to be the ace of a staff in a rotation that just needs to figure it out. They need to do something at the break. They need to do something at the deadline, I mean. And they need, they need it fast. This Brewers team is going to pull away when they get their big three back. They've had two of three most of the season, not three of three. I like the Brewers a lot. Even though they don't hit well, I think they pull out the division in the NL Central. And I got the Cardinals missing out on the playoffs. All right, looking ahead at the second half in the National League West, look, it's just like yesterday for me. In the AL West, the Astros are the easy answer. In the NL West, it's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. They're sitting at 60 and 30. And honestly, I feel like it's safe to say the Dodgers have underperformed in the first half, and they're still 60-30. and 30. It's remarkable how good this team is, and don't overthink it, the Dodgers are winning the NL West. Now, that doesn't mean there's not other good teams in this division. So to continue talking about this division, I want to welcome in Pedro and Rowan, some fantastic Fox Sports MLB writers for us. Pedro, Rowan, thank you for joining me. Nice for yeah, Just coming off the All-Star game, by the way, before we get into the NL West and... Padres and Dodgers talk what is one thing to you we'll start with Ron what is what's something that stuck out to you with your experience here in LA for the all-star yeah
3: well, I think a lot of people were surprised that Clayton Kershaw hadn't started an all-star game I think your brother even was shocked when he heard this is the first one And I think he knew what that meant to him too and Clayton talked about what it meant and really in the last few years he's talked about kind of his kids growing up and how that's kind of given him this new perspective made him enjoy all these moments a little bit more and this one meant something to him now if this game was played somewhere else would it have Maybe not, but getting that start, that first start for him, it's clearly meant a lot to him. He performed well; it was fun. You got to see him, yeah. you know, pick off Shohei Ohtani. He seemed <laughs> to have fun sweet. with it, and uh, just to see kind of what it's meant to him. You know, I think he's again appreciating these moments a little bit more. And and you know, it's an exhibition game. He mentioned, you know, Sandy Alcantara. Could he have been the starter? Absolutely. A lot of other options, possibly, but uh, I think it, it definitely meant something to him. And for an exhibition game, why not?
1: That first pitch, that this setup for that. I mean, it was incredible. Sure. Kershaw said, "I'm going to throw it as hard as I can. It's going to be 91." Shohei said, first pitch, I'm swinging. Let's do it. And he That did. was cool. Yeah. And he did. It was a really <laughs> cool moment. Pedro?
2: Yeah, it was ninety point nine miles an hour. He did almost exactly <laughs> as he as he said he would. I liked that. Yeah, my favorite moment was uh, was before the game. It was uh, it just so happened to be Rachel Robinson's one hundredth birthday, which the odds of that for the first All Star game it, 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 the Dodgers have hosted in forty two years is wild to me.
1: Forty two years. Yeah, and it's hundredth- yeah, it's, uh, it's uh,
2: really wild. And so for fun. Mookie Betts to uh, to take the mic and lead the uh, lead the crowd in and in a happy birthday wish to her, I thought was a was a really cool moment, something that will stick out for me from the week.
1: So. Let's start with the Dodgers, and am I wrong in saying it feels like the Dodgers have underperformed their ability in the first half?
2: No, no, I mean, you know, they could, this team has enough talent assembled, they could win 120 games, and it <laughs> wouldn't necessarily, sh- like, that. I, I could think of more shocking things that could happen, but no, I mean, no, probably not overall, they've underperformed, I mean, 90 games, 60 wins,
1: uh, it's incredible, the way they
2: finish off the last two weeks of the first half, I think, takes away the underperformance that you saw in parts of yeah. May and June, so no, I mean, they're on pace to, you know, surpass 100 wins with, with a couple weeks to spare, so I think they'll be just fine,
3: yeah, yeah, I think a couple months in, even, you're thinking, okay, what's wrong with? This offense they have all these sluggers what's going on they were still kind of ranking pretty much right there in the top five in the national league for a while there and then all of a sudden everyone starts getting hot obviously Trey Turner's been good all year Mookie Betts had just an unbelievable month after a little bit of a slow start and Freddie Freeman's gotten going Will Smith not an all-star a lot of his teammates thought he should have been so the offense has kind of picked up and the pitching staff still just somehow is at the top of the league despite Walker Buehler, probably not back till earliest September. Tony Gonsolin, the fifth starter, ends up being an all-star. Tyler Anderson, who was piggybacking him, ends up being <laughs> yeah, an all-star. So wild. they just sort of figure out these ways. Um, Anderson's change up, you have guys in the bullpen, Evan Phillips stepping up, Yency Almonte becoming a guy. Like They just sort of figure it out every year. And, and as you mentioned, now you're 60 wins at the break. Uh, hard to say underperforming, I guess, but
1: uh, yeah. I think not only did Dodgers teammates think Will Smith should have been an all-star, I think pretty by and large, whether you love or hate the Dodgers, I think it's Will Smith should have been an all-star.
3: Yeah, I mean, and honestly, look, you want to get guys from every team. I get that. Like, if you're an Arizona fan, you want to see an Arizona obviously wasn't an offensive player there, but with Will Smith in particular, you could argue in that last month of the season, he was the best offensive player. I mean, Freddie Freeman was kind of ridiculous at that point, but you know, you get a lot of players there. They definitely wanted them there. I get maybe wanting to kind of spread the field out a little bit. But uh, yeah. statistically, I mean, I don't know that you'd want really any other catcher if you yeah. could have a guy at the plate
1: right Yeah, now. it's unbelievable. And like you said, the slow start offensively, that speaks volumes to this team. They're, if if the offense is struggling for what, you know, they can't really struggle that bad. But then their pitching is able to pick it up. It's It's been incredible how how good they've been. But
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for
1: details. Other than the Dodgers and the NL NLS, there are some good teams out there. So, I want to do a segment with you guys called Playoffs or Vacation, where we talk about teams that I think, and you guys think, are going to be in the playoffs or not. And let's start in that NL West, and let's start with the San Diego Padres. Rowan, playoffs or vacation, San Diego Padres?
3: I will say playoffs. And uh, if they could add a guy, maybe like a Juan Soto, that might make me feel a little more confident. But just looking at that team offensively, they have not hit the way that maybe they would have wanted to so far, and yet they're still sitting right there in a really nice position, just to, obviously just to make the playoffs, but uh, Manny Machado has been you know, incredible still. Uh, you got those guys at the top of the, the rotation with Musgrove and Darvish, and um, I, I just think where they're at right now, I, I think they're gonna be in.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think it's more likely than not uh, they're in too. This is the first time Manny Machado has ever carried a team to playoff contention. You know, he was never the guy in Baltimore when they were good. With Los Angeles, when they went all the way, he was he was not near their their leader. But with Tatis out, they've had to rely on him, and he's delivered. And I think if you can combine the way he's performed over the first three months with Tatis at his best once he's back, yeah, I don't see how they're not in.
1: I have them in as well. They're, they're unbelievable. They are good. And what they've been able to do this year without Tatis so far. But you keep saying without Tatis and then when he comes back, but it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, we keep hearing it's getting delayed and it's getting delayed and we're not seeing what we want. So that is a bit of a concern, but they're just a really good team. They pitch really well. Joe Musgrove is a star. He's a star in the game of baseball. I like that rotation a lot. You Darvish's stuff always is disgusting. So I have them in. Next up for you guys, we'll start with you, Pedro. The St. Louis Cardinals, playoffs or vacation come October?
2: This is tough, especially because my reasoning for the Padres uh, applies here, and yet I'm going to come up with the opposite conclusion. (laughs) Uh, They have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, two future Hall of Famers most likely who've had the best seasons of their careers so far this year, and yet I'm going to project them to be uh, not in. I'm going to project them to be on vacation simply because their pitching staff just doesn't have the talent I mean these guys have not who do you who in there do you really believe in down the stretch for another 12 starts nobody you know with with the pressure on who's healthy at least that, that can do that and I'm not sure I'm not sure there's a depth there and that's where the Padres you know have the advantage on them so no I, I say no all
3: right I'm just going to go to the other side here and say that they will be in the pitching does concern me as well I know a couple guys have been you know Pretty good there, and Helsley's been incredible at the back end, but I just think offensively, they have enough to get through. They're playing in a weak division right now. Pretty easy strength of schedule the the rest of the way. But you you mentioned those two guys, I mean, Goldschmidt and Arenado, they're right there at the top of of the NL war category there. They're playing their best baseball so far. You mentioned uh, Ben, Tommy Edmond, both offensively and defensively, doing a ton right now. If they can get a couple more guys going offensively, I think they might have the offense just to carry them. Um, I know Carlson hasn't exactly had the year that maybe he wanted, but he could get going at some point here soon. They've got some young Same talent. With O'Neal so. as O'Neal well. as well, yeah. So I just think, you know, it'll be really interesting because you could end up with, with three NLEs teams in, and then it could be a really fun sort of finish where they have to win the division to get in. I think they will get in.
1: So you're picking them in. Are you saying division champs or do you think they get a wild card?
3: I think probably a wild card. I I think Milwaukee... Probably has the pitching to to, to do it, um, another team that has a, a really nice schedule laid out here on, on the second half of the season. but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's still a race to that last week.
1: Okay, talked about a little earlier. Um, I have them out. Uh, I think there's going to be one team from that division. I think the I think the Brewers get in. I think that rotation's really good and unless they do something, unless they add something at the deadline pitching wise specifically, it's going to be a struggle for them so I have them on vacation come October. Next up for you guys, Rowan, we'll start with you. Playoffs or vacation? Philadelphia Phillies. This is a
3: fun one. I'm going to say vacation just because, as we just heard, I took the Cardinals to to get in there. So (laughs) I will say vacation on this one. I mean, obviously Harper's Health is going to play a lot in this. I mean, I think Wheeler is one of the pitchers that we just don't talk about enough. He's really been incredible. Uh, Nola, obviously, the, the pitching is great. They can mash. Um, I thought Schwarber was going to win the home run derby there. But uh, I still just think, you know, with those two teams kind of obviously separating themselves above them, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to get it done.
2: Okay. I got him in. I got him in basically for the same reasons that that he has, uh, he, he, Roman, Roman just enumerated. I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of talent assembled there. And if Harper can, can, can contribute in any way, I believe, I, I really do. So it's, uh it's a matter of Nola and Wheeler atop it and who is competing with that. Their, their wild card contenders simply just don't have that sort of pitching.
1: So I have... This is an interesting one because if you, if you start breaking it down, there's an extra wild card team this year. The Braves or Mets are going to be one of them. Sure. We have the Padres in. So then you start looking around and it gets really interesting for that last spot. And I am a believer... In this Phillies team, I like them. Um, I've I've been bit by this before. They look good, and then it's like uh, this. It just their bullpen scares me to no end. I mean, it's not great. Um, they they need a bona fide closer. I think they wanted that to be Corey Knebel, and that that's been up and down. But I I think they get in. I look around and I think they get in. So I'm gonna say playoffs for them. Uh, which presents us with kind of one more on the National League side, and we'll start with you here, Pedro. Playoffs or vacation? San Francisco Giants.
2: Vacation, vacation. I could see them being sellers. In fact, you know, I could see oh, wow. them even deciding here over the next couple of weeks to to part ways with some of the uh, the talent they've assembled. Maybe Carlos Rodon, who could they could they could get a lot for. So I, I think they can. They're smart enough to see what's happening here in the West and see how much of an uphill battle they'd have to to go far in the playoffs and actually just cut their losses and retool for next season. I think it, I think it'd be a smart play for them too.
3: Wow. Okay. I will also say vacation. You look statistically, they're, they're been better than the Padres in in a lot of different ways, but I just think there was a magic to them last year. And, you know, you knew it kind of pretty early on that maybe there was something special here. A lot of dudes on career years, just really thriving. I I just don't really see that the same way this season. Um, And, you know, there's different reasons for that, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I think uh, you look at the teams that they're competing against here, and you know, I know Flores has had a good year. They have these guys who can kind of match up really well, but it just doesn't have that same feel that it did last year.
1: I'm with you. The National League Wild Card becomes interesting because I feel like whoever gets the first two are going to be a good baseball team. Not that the third one isn't, but it gets a little iffy there. Then you start talking about. Phillies, Giants, you know some other teams that that could sneak in there. Cardinals are in that conversation. It's not the elite. It's not the elite Braves or Padres that that we see. So it starts getting interesting.
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you guys. I'm gonna take them out. But rather- yeah, no. I mean, one interesting thing. I was actually just looking at some fan graphs, playoff odds. They had them ahead of uh, of the Cardinals as well as the Phillies. So that was surprising to me. But look, they they they. I'm not gonna question Farhan because he is, just finds a way to to get it done more often than not. Uh, but I I don't know. There's just I think you look at the landscape of the league, uh, the two teams ahead of them in the N.L.S. Uh, I think it's vacation.
1: I'm with you. I think last year, like you said, there was a lot of overperforming. Maybe not overperforming, but everyone at the exact same time performing to their absolute best of their ability. And how realistic is that when you're looking at a. Brandon Crawford and now a Buster Posey who's who's gone no longer there and then you look all around the field and and Kevin Gosman was unbelievable Rodon's been a good implementation into that that spot but he's he's been you know arguably as good there but everybody was so good at the exact same time and that's just not realistic and now I don't think the team itself is as good this year and Um, I think with the combination of that and this year the other teams in the league and the division being that good, I'm going to take them on vacation. I'm not going to take them on vacation. I think they're going to be on vacation. Have you thought about that? I (laughs) I just did in that moment. I'm going (laughs) to take them on. It sounds like it'd be fun. There'd be some fun guys on that team to go on vacation with. Another, We'll have you back on and we can talk about <laughs> that case another time. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Pedro, Rowan, check out their work on Fox Sports. They are fantastic writers for us. Always really good stuff. Fellas, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so now to wrap up my top three players that I'm keeping an eye on in the National League for the second half. Now, these players... And on the American League side, it was kind of obvious for me. I went Aaron Judge, Shohei Ohtani. I mean, th- those are the obvious answers. Jordan Alvarez. But in the National League, not so fast, my friends. Not so fast. Three players that I really want to keep an eye on in the second half. First up, Sandy Alcantara. Look, I, I think, Sandy, if-, if the All-Star game was anywhere on the entire world besides Los Angeles... Sandy Alcantara is in the All-Star game. He was unbelievable in the first half. Nine and four, 138 and a third innings, by the way, and 123 strikeouts to 33 walks. This is what Clayton Kershaw had to say about Sandy Alcantara. We all know that he's the best pitcher on the planet right now. End quote. Clayton Kershaw. We all know he's the best pitcher on the planet right now. He is. There's no argument. The guy's up there throwing 100 miles an hour, and it is sinking like it is falling off a table. You know the the comment, yeah, that curveball fell off the table. Sandy Alcantara's sinker falls off the table, and it's 100 miles an hour. And he's going really deep into games. Every time I watch him, he's in the eighth inning. Most starts with eight-plus innings pitched this season. Sandy Alcantara with nine Aaron Nola with three, Logan Webb, three, Justin Verlander, three, from Valdez. Nobody's even close to him. This guy is the definition of an ace, a horse. That's what he is in this rotation. He's the ace of this staff. There's nobody like him this year. It really is remarkable. He hasn't pitched fewer than seven innings in any start since May 6th. In 13 straight starts, he has gone at least seven innings. He's allowed more than three runs in a start just twice since the start of May. He has the sixth worst run support in Major League Baseball, by the way. Miami is only scoring 3.12 runs per start for him. He's on pace for 246 innings pitched which would be the most in Major League Baseball since 2014. 1.76 ERA on the year. 1.76. That would be the lowest ERA for a single season in Marlins franchise history. That's how good Sandy Alcantara has been. So what can we expect from the second half? Probably more of the same. Can he get into that category where it becomes legendary and record-holding? That's what I'm looking for in the second half. So if you don't watch much much Marlins baseball, do it just for him. Pitching Ninja, just giving credit to his sick, nasty changeup. I I was watching a game recently. He was throwing 100 in the eighth inning, but he threw 75% changeups. And those changeups were 93 and 94 miles an hour. Changeups. It's unbelievable. My second player that I'm keeping an eye on in the National League, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo has more RBIs than anybody else. 78 RBIs at the All-Star break. 78. That's on pace for 136 RBIs, which would be, would, it would shatter the Mets single season franchise record of 124 set by David Wright in 08 and Mike Piazza in 1999 hearing that just makes me sad about David Wright I Captain America David Wright his career was unbelievable and and the injuries and stuff that kind of brought it to an unexpected end suck to be honest with you but Pete Alonso is on pace to shatter his single season RBI record and to drive in 136 runs if he gets to 130 he would be the first National League player to reach that mark Since Nolan Arenado and Giancarlo Stanton in 2017. So really in the second half, that's what I'm looking for for him. And the Mets need him. I have the Mets predicted to win the NL East, and he is a massive reason why. He's the run producer. He's the guy driving in those runs. You have a lot of guys that they brought in that are capable of getting on base, more so than in the past. Pete has to be the guy to drive them in. He's the big power-hitting, first baseman that drives in runs. That's what he does the best, and that's what he is doing the best this year. And he's on pace to break the Mets record. So keep an eye out for that in the second half. Last up for me, player to watch in the second half in the National League, Fernando Tatis Jr. He has not played a single game this year. He keeps getting moved back a little bit, and we hear like he's going to be ready in July and then, okay, maybe it's going to be after the All-Star break, and then it's okay, well, maybe it's not going to be then. Fernando Tatis is expected back at some point, and this Padres team that is expected and percentage chances say they get into the playoffs, they need him. Fernando Tatis Jr. is important to the Padres, said Kevin Ace. And there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen affecting decision of when and how he begins his swing progression. Doctors that have been conferring are not in total agreement in regards to the next steps. This isn't necessarily bad, it is extreme caution. So to me, that says there's people ready, there's people not ready to bring him back, what are they gonna do, I don't know. But multiple people insist Tatis has had no setbacks As stated in the previous tweet, again from Kavanese, team is being extremely cautious, as is often the case in these situations. Doctors differ on opinions. What is enough healing? Tatis could begin swing progression by the weekend. So he's close. Doctors are saying, yes, he's fine, let's go. Others are saying, let's give it a little more time. But to me, in the second half, Fernando Tatis is a guy to keep an eye on. This Padres team has the luxury of not rushing him back. Not that you would with a guy that's on a mega deal and over $300 million, you wouldn't rush him back. But they've played well enough to not say, oh my God, we need him or we are not going to make the playoffs. Right now, they're in the playoffs and they're going to be even better when they get Tatis back. And he's a guy to keep an eye on because when he's on the field, he's one of the best players in the game of baseball. So that's Sandy Alcantara, Pete Alonso, and Fernando Tatis, keep an eye on those guys. But that does it for this National League preview. We have done the American League, we have done the National League, and now it's time for the second half. What a second half this is going to be! So much cool stuff coming. The Field of Dreams is coming August 11th. I'll be there. We'll be bringing all that to you. And then, of course, the the home stretch. The second half leads up to playoffs. This is going to be an awesome second half for Flippin' Bats. We're going to have so much stuff for you. I hope you all enjoyed this National League preview. If you're ready for the second half, subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow along on social media. We have been doing some incredible stuff there. Flippin' Bats Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can watch everything there as well. Flippin' Bats is off and rolling. I hope you all are enjoying it. Share it with a friend. Let them know we're growing the game of baseball here and we're all doing it together. That does it for the National League Preview. Until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.